Could Logan Paul somehow pull off a monstrous upset? It's looking unlikely. Oh, the Superman punch. Paul with a shot to the kidney. Oh, Ricky punch. Rage stumbles. Rage in trouble. He's down. He's not out. Rage back to his feet. Michael. But for Logan Paul Wade, he said it would take one lucky punch, but it didn't. It took one lucky punch and a Superman punch, and Reigns still able to survive. This time we're going to pour our Kool-Aid down the throats of a new global audience that's going to learn that it all started here tonight. Coming up this week on the Squared Circle, we definitely had a bit of a crown jewel in Saudi Arabia. Logan Paul pulled off a miracle, and there's big news on Nick Aldis. We'll be back right after this. Welcome everyone to the Squared Circle this week. What a big show uh, we have coming up for you. Andy Evans here, of course, joined as always by my long-suffering tag team partner. He is the one and only Stefan Bennett. Stefan, how you doing, my friend? Hello, Andy. I'm good, mate. I'm very, very good. Very interested to uh, get this one underway. A lot to talk about this week. What a massive week in professional wrestling. You know, not only did we have a surprising highlight of the wrestling week with the WWE Crown Jewel, um, but so much has happened in the world of professional wrestling, going all the way back to Dynamite. And even if you forget the TV, Justin Levers. What a big week. It has been. And, uh, you know, Crown Jewel was probably my favorite Crown Jewel that they've ever done. I actually thought it was very, very well done. Uh, the main event between Logan Paul and Roman Reigns was much, much better than I think probably anyone anticipated. And you have to give it up to Logan Paul because he performed exceptionally well. And then you hear on social media, he's reported he's got multiple, multiple serious injuries. Um, well, well <laughs> what can you say? Talking about leaving it all on the line. I think what we say is hold fire for just a second because we're going to talk about that a little bit later on because tonight... On this week's edition, we're going to be trying out a bit of a new format. So we're going to be kicking off with the news. Some of the biggest news of the past week, including some major news on Nick Aldis and the National Wrestling Alliance. Then we're going to go into a debate topic. And this is picking up on something that um, wrestling's big mouth, Jim Cornette, had to say about the comparison between Seth Rollins and the heartbreak kid, Shawn Michaels. Then, after that... We're going to be looking at top picks. We're going to be going back, looking at some of the highlights of the TV from this past week, looking at Crown Jewel, some news. And I think Stefan and I have got our top TSC top picks of the week. 
the week. Uh, as well as that, you can also win a copy of the main event wrestling manager game, a uh, stream key from Steam. Um, but we're not going to tell you just yet how you get to win that. So you need to keep listening. But Stefan, how do the how do the guys get in contact with us throughout all of social media? Well, as always, Andy, there's our brand new WhatsApp that we've got uploading, and you may have seen the ad of that. That nice little about eight bit Hogan uh, <laughs> that we have. <laughs> Uh, going on there um, but yeah absolutely um, you can contact us on uh, on our whatsapp so check out our social medias for that that is 077-243-12752 you can contact us on facebook at facebook.com forward slash the squared circle podcast and if you're an instagram follower hit us up on tsc wrestling podcast and email us as always on squared circle podcast 2022 at gmail.com absolutely if you want to be on the whatsapp brigade and you can get your own a little bit of the bubbly then you just need to drop us a whatsapp don't you well we have got a lot of feedback this week on the facebook page considering this news of nick aldis so how about we get to it we're going to go to a quick break when we come back it's Newsline uh, kicking off with this news, news music news all about nick aldis we'll be back after this Maybe. Well, you know what Darby's weakness is? Getting a four-on-one beatdown. Oh, here we go. It's Sting. Here it comes. And they're off to meeting. Sanjay Dutt, Jay Lethal, Satin Sting, and Cole Carter. Well, it'd be a four-on-one deal. Now Satin, and that's two people, actually. Yeah, it could be a five- or six-on-one deal, but we've seen Sting overcome worse odds. Wait, what the... What the... Holy hell. Hold on a second. That's not... Is that... He's waiting on Stan and Duke. Jeff Jarrett? What the hell? Jeff Jarrett? I can't believe this. Oh, yeah, that's Jeff Jarrett. Jeff Jarrett. A man who has a long history with both Sanjay Dutt and Jay Lethal. All right, welcome back. So it was reported just a few days ago that the former NWA World Heavyweight Champion Nick Aldis had given notice to the NWA and was giving his 60-day notice to leave the company. Now, what makes this really interesting, Stefan, is the fact that Aldis kind of made a little bit of a boo-boo, or did he? That's the big question. And he released this announcement on social media in a public video on his Instagram. Now, this was meant to have been uh, released to private. And I'm saying, I don't know why I do this when no one can see the video. When I'm doing the inverted commas and nobody can see it. Just imagine that I'm doing it. Um, released it uh, publicly instead of to his private Instagram followers. What did the NWA do in retaliation? Well, very simply, they suspended Nick Aldis for the rest of of his notice period and pulled him from this weekend's Hard Times 3 and Revolution Rumble uh, TV tapings in New Orleans on the 12th and the 13th of November. 
Now, they're doing that because they state that Nick Aldis breached contract, unprofessional. In fact, Billy Corgan went on uh, to uh, wrestling podcast this past week and was very critical about the way in which it was handled. He made some very comments about the fact that this is the Nick Aldis he was always warned about. This is the true Nick Aldis, that Nick Aldis is working an angle. Why would he not just sit out for the next 55 days? Why is he burying in the perot? What's your take on this? Because for five years now, since the NWA came back, you associate Nick Aldis, the 10 pounds of gold, Billy Corgan, and the NWA together. See, 55 days isn't very long. It really isn't, which is what is very strange about the situation, as you said, um, and, and, you know, reasonably so. Why not just, you know, quite down, just sit it out and, you know, just, just serve the time that you do. Almost everything about this to me screaming, it's a work. Um, I, I I still would like to see Nick Aldis elsewhere doing, you know, planning his trade at, at other uh, places other than just the NWA. Um, but I, I just can't, and I, I, I'm hope I'm, to an extent, I'm hope I'm wrong because I would like to see him move on to to, to, to different places. But uh, I can't help but shake that. I think this is work. Uh, I, I just think, like you said, 55 days isn't very long. Um, you know, I mean, WWE do longer than that on no compete clauses in, in contracts upon releases. So it's not a very long time at all. So yeah, for me, I, th- I think it, I think it, there's potential. This is a work, uh, but what the end game of it is, I'm not quite sure. That's what's got me a bit stumped. Well, we had some conversations going on the Facebook page at the Square Circle Podcast, and Tom Williams agrees with you. He said this feels too public to not be part of the story. Um, he then went on to say that he can't see another company giving him as much freedom that he currently has, but he guesses that Hunter's checkbook. Uh, does absolutely talk. Um, Now, the Gary's Movie Emporium also commented that he expected him to end up either in All Elite Wrestling or possibly Impact Wrestling, following Mickey James coming in as well. Now, the whole debate then took a bit of a different turn because Tom Williams came back saying, I don't see what they can do with him on Dynamite. Imagine Nick Aldis, Doug Williams, Tom Latimer, once he gets released from the NWA, who we know is legitimately Nick Aldis's best friend, um, and some of the UK guys that have just been released from NXT UK, with Nigel McGuinness as the mouthpiece doing some form of British invasion on Dynamite. This could work. We already saw, back in 2019, was it? 2018? At All In, the inaugural All In event, that epic encounter between him and Cody Rhodes for the NWA World Heavyweight Championship. So what I'm getting at is Nick Aldis in in the AEW, I don't think is actually a bad shout. I think he's got more chance of making it in AEW than he does making it in WWE, even under the Triple H regime. Um, Yes. Uh, My my only issue is if, let's say, you know, let's play devil's advocate here, like because we like to, you know, dream book things, etc., and scenarios. That's what we we, we love doing. Um, let's say the British invasion thing that you've just mentioned was to come to fruition in AEW. My problem still remains the same. AEW is too stacked. We have seen uh, the House of Black suffer. 
we have seen other uh, stables and factions suffer in AEW because there's not enough time for everybody. And that is the problem. Um, if they were to do it in impact, it would probably work better because they you know, they would probably put, give them a lot more time on there. Um, in terms of WWE, I think we could almost, if we were going to go down the British invasion angle, I think we could probably scrap that from WWE. Um, I, WWE, unless you're a, someone like a Goldberg uh, or a Sting or whatnot, they're not really invested in uh, wrestlers that are, you know, beyond a certain age. So, unfortunately, as much as I love the guy Doug Williams, I don't, I don't ever picture him on WWE television uh, in the modern era. I, I, I don't. Um, uh, as much as it would be really cool to see him, you know, to have that. Um, but it, it is a very interesting concept. But I think you're right. I, th- I try and think, Nick Aldis, where would I, where would I place him in today's WWE? Um, I think they could do something, but I don't know where I would put him. But at the same time, we know how international, how European WWE seems to be these days. They're pushing for this, um, you know, almost international World Cup scenario uh, within the next few years, uh, things like that. So I think it will it will either be AEW or Impact, without a doubt. I, I would almost put put money on that but do you not think impact i mean you know i'm a big fan of impact i'm getting back into impact wrestling i think it's actually one of the best products bell to bell in terms of action on tv but has impact got the status for nick aldis i mean you know i've interviewed nick a few times now over the years and and the most recently was 2021 this past august on retro chat and you know he's very passionate about what he does he's definitely the got the mind for the business and the and that interest and that passion he's got is certainly there which makes me wonder if impact would be the right place for him considering they are realistically the fourth biggest promotion in the u.s at the moment when you know forget roh but once you count new japan being back in the mix they they are the fourth so if he went to wwe for example would he be at that main event level? And I don't think he would because you compare him to the likes of Seth Rollins, you compare him to the likes of Bron Breaker on NXT, Roman Reigns on SmackDown, Gunther on SmackDown, Sheamus, Drew McIntyre, Karrion Cross, just to name a few, Logan Paul even, he's not quite at that level. But yes, what I would love to see though, and... I'm contradicting myself, is a WrestleMania moment between Nick Aldis and Cody Rhodes on the WWE stage. Can you imagine what they would do? Yeah, I mean, but that's what it would have to be. It would have to be a one-off for me. I mean, who knows? I mean, he could end up having a one-off with Cody Rhodes and Triple H and that'd be really actually impressed and go, oh, hold on a minute, actually. You're actually showing us a little bit more than we expected. Yeah. And who knows? Uh, it's all about opportunity. That's the thing. It's always about opportunity. I mean, but then again, that's wrestling all over, isn't it? So he's... Um, I, I just, I can't see it. Not WWE. Okay, um, so... Impact. I see your point. Have they got that, you know, that status and, and that? I think it's just, again, it's it's not largely crowd-based. I mean, they, they, it's a small, it's a more intimate setting. Um, but he has the passion for it. And I think if... You know, Impact are going to offer him a platform to which he feels, you know, I can do my thing, what I love doing, and I can bring something to Impact, then absolutely I would say he would go to Impact. Okay, so 
here's a here's a scenario. What about NXT? NXT is not classed as developmental territory anymore. It is a third no. brand. So you go in and you be a big fish in a small pond, or a small fish in a big pond. Would but you're still under that WWE banner, and you've got to wonder if this is an angle for Mickey to get back into WWE as well. If this was three, four, five years ago with NXT, I would say absolutely. When we had the likes of Bobby Roode going in there, Shinsuke Nakamura going in there, Drew McIntyre going back in there, and all that, I would say absolutely. I could see Nicole this fitting in. I, I could see it. Now it, it's although NXT is not developmental as such anymore. Uh, it's a very it's for young up and comers still. Um, it's their first foot in the WWE door mm. past the performance center, um, you know, and I don't think he fits that bill. Uh, I don't think. I mean, if I mean by all means they could book him, but it would be to enhance other talent. Yeah, and I don't quite think that would be what he wants, especially at this stage of his career. Um, I don't think he's quite there yet. Um, who knows? But I, I don't. I don't. I don't see it. I, I would love to, but I, I, I don't see it happening. Well, if he's not be. happy with the booking at the NWA, he's not going to be happy being a gatekeeper for NXT, is he? I mean, you, no, you make a really not. good point there. I mean, there is a bit more coming out about this because the chief operating officer Joe Garley, who's also one of the commentary team, uh, spoke with PW Insider and confirmed that Aldis is under contract through to December thirty-one. He also stated on the record that. This is not a wrestling angle. So he stated it on the record, but just stating it on the record makes you think it's it's a wrestling angle because you've stated it's on the record. Yeah. Um, now this was before they made the announcement that he wasn't he was going to be pulled from Hard Time seventy three. What is interesting though is that since that has happened, Billy Corgan has accused Aldis of playing politics behind the scenes, said no one stresses me out more in the NWA than Nick Aldis, no one is more highly paid than Nick Aldis, and no one is more unhappy than Nick Aldis. Now, he did end up working NWA 74 with a win over Flip Morgan, uh, and that apparently caused controversy as well, because Tyrus and Trevor Murdoch have both criticised Aldis for his backstage demeanour following that match and on busted open as we talked about at the beginning of this segment uh, Billy Corgan went into much more detail and, and said that for five years he's been criticizing the product but why would you criticize the product now on your way out unless you are trying to get out of your contract early which makes me think yeah there's a rumble spot Potentially, absolutely. I mean, this again. This is why why I'm why I'm leaning more towards it being a work. There are just too too much is being said from all parties. Normally, one may speak out more than the other. Um, yeah. So on, so on. It feels like they might be building to this owner versus top guy uh, scenario storyline sort of thing. Um, that's how it seems to me. Which, on Busted Open, Corgan did admit that that's what they were planning to do back in the summer. But then things changed. So we're going to have to wait and see. As of now, all we know is that as of December the 30th, uh, 20, December the 31st, 2022, Nick Aldis' contract will finish with the NWA. And as of the 1st of January, he is going to be a free agent. So where he ends up after that, who knows? So this this just makes me go back to the mid-90s 
right, with Brian Pillman, where he managed to get that loose cannon gimmick and he managed to get released out of his WCW contract and went straight to WWE. You know, that's, it's what it reminds me of, you know, which classic wrestling fans will know. Speaking of WWE, though, um, the big news story this year was the investigation and the retirement of former WWE CEO and Chair Vince McMahon, who retired back in July. And you and I, Stefan, did quite a show talking about uh, this investigation and what it meant for Vince McMahon. However, this past week, World Wrestling Entertainment said that the special committee investigating the alleged misconduct and payments by McMahon had been disbanded. In a statement made by the WWE, the special committee investigation is now complete and has been disbanded. Management is working with the board of directors to implement the recommendations of the committee related to the investigation. Vince is still the biggest shareholder in the WWE and his daughter Stephanie is co-CEO. So now it's been wound up. Now the investigation has been disbanded. We know he's still the majority shareholder. Are the concerns about to come true? Is McMahon coming back to WWE or is it legitimately done with the company? I know which one I prefer. Yeah, I know what one I prefer prefer and I'm gonna stick with it. I, I think he's done. I think um he will I think he, he will see the positives within WWE, the fact that fans are getting more invested in the product now as what they were had been before. Um you know, I, I don't see any place for him now because, all right, Triple H isn't getting everything right, but he's almost hitting home runs left, right and centre for the most part, which is mm. what we're loving. Um, and I don't think that by undoing a lot of Vince's mistakes and bad calls, uh, which is what Triple H is doing, he's undoing a lot of that damage. Um, I don't see there being a point for Vince to come back and turn it back into a... Uh, uh, an unhappy workplace. You know, you're hearing about talent speaking out. They're talking to their friends that got released and are now in AEW or Impact, etc., and saying what a much more positive um, and happy work uh, work environment uh, WWE now is. Um, and it seems to be thriving. I mean, you know, for goodness sake, we were saying how hyped we were for Crown Jewel. The first time we've been <laughs> excited for Crown Jewel. We've got War Games at Survivor Series. You know, we're, we're getting it all. All these things that we... You know, which we wouldn't have had probably under if Vince was still uh, in charge. I, I just don't see there being, and especially with Vince's age as well. I think Vince now needs to just focus on, you know, spe- spending the rest of his days as a father, a grandfather, um, potentially a great grandfather when when that comes, and you know, and just enjoy his billions uh, that he's made, and just watch his product flourish under the uh, uh, under the tutelage of his daughter and son-in-law. And I think that's pretty much what he's going to do. And continue to get the billions coming in, because they're not stopping anytime soon. Those pre-revenue profits are going up and Absolutely. up and up. Oh, without a doubt. And it's very interesting, because uh, um, Dutch Mantel, who uh, people may remember as, as Zeb Coulter with the, um, yeah, we, we the people uh, fame, uh, also, he, he's claimed that Vince McMahon had stopped caring. Um, he uh, discussed the changes on the Sports Keeler's Smack Talk podcast, and he indicated they didn't think Vince cared by the end of his tenure as chairman. I mean, I think that was ev- evident. Oh, yeah. Um, and Mantel went on to say he, uh, speaking to Triple H, took his time and turned it around. Now it has so much positivity to it. 
And it just took a guy who understood the wrestling business and storytelling because I don't think Vince gave a crap. He was making his money and he was, hey, I'm on rest. You guys figure it out. It's like an author writing the same books and after a while he's like, hell, I can't just write no more. I don't even have the enthusiasm, the desire. I don't have the drive to write this stuff anymore. Help me out. And when they helped him out, he's like, I don't give a shit. Get out of here. So that's, you know, probably echoing the words of a lot of fans. A lot of people thought either Vince has become deluded or he just doesn't care anymore. Yeah, and I think you could clearly see that because if you go back and you watch that classic 1999 uh, Barry Bloomstein movie, Beyond the Mat, and you see how passionate Vince was when he was directing Mick Foley as Dude Love or trying to get Droz to do the, the whole puke thing, you know, He's gonna puke. It's gotta puke. We haven't seen, yeah, we haven't seen that passion in Vince for a long time. And part of that, you know, I work for HR, so I'm not gonna deliberately Mm. say this, but part of it could be his age. Part of it could be because the product has changed so much since the peak of the Attitude Era. And yeah, and it's funny you say that as well because if you, when you alluded to earlier about the um, when we did the episode that covered. Uh, Vince stepping down uh, and all that lot. One thing I said to you is he doesn't look well. No. He looked tired. He looked drained. I mean, who's to say he hasn't got health issues that are not in the public eye at the moment? Um, who, who's to say me. that? But he's definitely looks absolutely worn down. And um, I, I just think he should just enjoy the, the days he has left. Yeah, but you think about it. I mean, you know, it's, I think we said it on that show and it's in the archives. Go back and have a listen to it. That... Over 50 years, McMahon ran WWE with practically zero day off. And whether you like the guy or whether you hate the guy, um, it wouldn't be professional wrestling without Vince McMahon's influence. And we've all got a debt of gratitude to Vince for doing that. You wouldn't have Tony Khan. You wouldn't have Jeff Jarrett. You wouldn't have Jerry Jarrett. You wouldn't have Billy Corgan. We wouldn't be sat here now talking about the products or the sport that we all love without the influence of Vincent Kennedy McMahon. And it's interesting you say wrestling changed, but it wasn't just wrestling that has changed over the years. Fans and the fandom have changed over the years. You know, the more fans get exposed to other promotions and other wrestlers around and everything, they're looking at all this. WWE was stagnating. They were doing the same thing over and over again. Look at why Cena was so hated by so many fans because it was was like having the same thing ran down our throats. And we're looking at other promotions and even on the indies and going, wow, hey, Wrestlers can do that. Like, oh, I like that. I want to see more of that. Oh, this is more exciting than what WWE are putting out. Holy crap, this is amazing and things like that. Heads started to turn. And then obviously, we're, you know, once the internet became more of a thing and social media uh, grew and grew and grew, the, you know, kayfabe went out the door, um, the big surprises, uh, shock debuts and things like that, they all went out the door. Sometimes you know pretty much someone's about to become a champion months before it actually even happens. You pretty much know who's going to win a Royal Rumble before it even happens. You know, all of the element of surprise in that is now out of the door. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, the whole scene has changed. And I think with Vince, I think Vince got to a point where it was kind of like, well, maybe, oh, the hell with it, you know, Um You know, people ain't going to be happy regardless of what I do, but I'm going to continue to do what I want to do anyway. It's the monotony of doing weekly television as well. I mean, you think about, excuse me, you know, just take the main roster. That's five hours worth of TV. 
Raw and SmackDown, yeah. forgetting main event and forgetting NXT. But you also must think, and we'll move on in a second, but you also must think that there must have been an air, an air of contempt for Hunter, as well, son-in-law or not. You know, he took a brand in terms of NXT that was Vince's baby, that was his gimmick to replace ECW, and he turned it into legitimately one of the number one brands in WWE, and to a point, the number one brand in professional wrestling, outdoing the main roster. Yeah. Vince, what happened when Triple H got hurt, got sick? Vince turned it into 2.0. So yeah. there's, there is there is that bitterness, I think, towards individuals who do things differently to the McMahon way of doing it. And and I think Triple H is actually going two fingers up to Vince. And, and you know, we saw that Monday night on, on Monday Night Raw of a lot of things that happened on, on Raw this past week. A lot of things being killed. Uh, a lot of angles ending up. And we're seeing it as well with pay-per-views being scrapped. We know the Hell in a Cell is not going to happen anymore. But we've also just heard about them bringing back a defunct name, which was TLC. Not meant to be a pay-per-view, but is going back to being what it should actually be. And that is the match. And Money in the Bank being dropped as a pay-per-view and going back to WrestleMania, which is what they're meant to be. Yeah. And and this is, this is the thing. Triple H listens. He knows what fans want. He's known for a long time what fans want. And it goes to show he's listening um, to what the fans want. Well, you know, all the criticism over the years of these um, specialised pay-per-views, like you say, Hell in a Cell, etc., they're all going. I miss the old days of having, you know, the likes of Fully Loaded Armageddon, No Mercy, all these like And then, you know, back in the day when we were having the late 90s, early 2000s, you know, nothing or, would, uh, or in the mid-2000s, nothing would give us goosebumps more than seeing this big rivalry playing out and then all of a sudden it'll be like, um, you can have any match you want. He goes, you guys will settle this in Hell in a Cell. And then all of a sudden you're like, holy shit, we're getting Hell in a Cell. Yeah. Or uh, you're going to defend your championship inside the Elimination Chamber. And everyone's like, holy crap, Like we're going to get these guys in the in Elimination Chamber. The element of surprise, that, that thing that makes these things stand out and, and special had gone. You know, it's like, oh, well, we're going to see Roman Reigns in a Hell in a Cell match because he's a champion. He's going to defend the title. So, oh, well, we already know what's coming. It just, it was like the sake of doing it for the sake of it. Yeah. And that's why it took the, the element away. But just to end on something which um, I did see and uh, Facebook reloaded and I couldn't find it, but someone had uploaded this video of, um, you know, the Bret Hart documentary, uh, the, the Shadows one. That, Wrestling that one. with Shadows. Yeah, yeah. And it shows you the bit where Triple H is in the corridor and Brett's ex-wife turns around and says about karma coming back. And it's followed where she says, Hunter, karma will come. Jesus is my witness and whatnot. And then all of a sudden it follows by um, Triple H's music playing and then showing all these career highlights up to him now owning the company. And it ends with him with this big smile. This is my karma. (laughs) It was genius. So whoever made that out, props to you. I'll have to find it again and I'll share it. But yeah, please do. That is, that, that is absolutely awesome. Just get, just wrapping up this bit about pay-per-views. You know what I hope? Do you know what I wish? When they bring when they do the 12 pay-per-views again, and you notice on this show, guys, we are sticking by the fact we're not calling them premium live events. Um, they bring back the old names or different unique names, but different sets. Please just bring back different sets because it feels like we're watching the same TV show every time we put WWE on. 
it, it, it does. It does. And uh, if the rumours are true, we're going to get King and Queen of the Ring as a pay-per-view. So, uh, again, so hopefully that will happen because I miss the old King of the Ring uh, yeah, pay-per-view. I hope they King do it properly. I do hope they do it properly with the semis and, and the quarters love, in the finals. And I, and I and I honestly, and I know this is a bit of a debatable topic, but I'll throw it in there. I really would love to see another uh, um, Evolution pay-per-view, a uh, women's Evolution pay-per-view. Um, I, I would... Funny you should say that because next week our discussion topic is going to be the battle between Evolution and NWA and Power. NWA is getting a lot of time on this show. Uh, so if you, if you want to get involved and let us know what you think about women's wrestling, should there be another Evolution? Should there be another NWA and Power? And also the comments by Trevor Murdoch that there weren't any TV ready women able to do Empower. Let us know on social media or via the WhatsApp and we will use your comments on the show next week in The Great Debate. I think that's going to be a good one. Now, uh, Stefan, talking about women, uh, there is an NXT superstar that many deem to be the next Sasha Banks. And do you know, uh, hopefully not, because she's got a better ego, I think, than, than uh, Sasha Banks. But do you know which WWE female superstar is being considered to be the next Sasha Banks? I do, and if I my my thought it is Cora Jade. Absolutely, um, I I'm a fan. I love what she's doing. I, I, be, I, I am. I, I think she's got she's got something uh, special. So I'm going to be controversial now. I don't. You don't. I don't. I don't get me wrong. I prefer a heel than when she was the face. I thought the face gimmick was too 100%. much like Bailey. Like the original, uh, you know, the original Innocent Bailey. It reminded me a little bit of Ashley Mazzaro. You remember when Ashley Mazzaro oh, yeah. first came in? She had the cap back to front and she had the, the fingerless gloves and uh, and all that. It always reminded me of, of, the, um, of Ashley Mazzaro a little bit. May she rest in peace. She's a lovely, lovely woman. Met her a couple of times. Uh, wonderful woman she was. Um, but yeah, it kind of reminded me a little bit of that. That almost uh, skater rock, uh, rock chick uh, type. Want- now you've said that, yeah, I can see yeah. it. But I mean, the, the for me, what, the saying she relates to me to Bailey was more about the whole attitude in terms of being the yes. the fan of the superstars, which is exactly what Bailey was. I, I think, the kids, but the, the adult fans don't. That's the thing. No, no. I mean, don't get me wrong. She's a great worker, but I just there's something about her that that's not clicking with this gimmick that she's doing, and I can't quite work out what it is. And that's not to criticise. It's just personally, I don't. I don't rate her. I think it's because she's not who... I think it's because her name isn't a certain other NXT female superstar. And I know you... I'm going to give you the platform here, Andy, to say the name. Because I know you want to say the name. Zoe Starks. No? No, you know. Nikita Lyons. Nikita Lyons. She is not a Nikita Lyons. (laughs) She's not a Nikita Um, Lyons. Yes. um, But as I've said, I can... you know, the, the, as for Zoe Starks, that heel turn, the heel turn, I, I, I said it's coming. We got more on that coming up. So you don't peek. Don't peek too soon. Don't, don't peek, peek too soon, man. But yes, Cora Jade is odds on favourite to become the next Sasha Banks. Uh, the insider told WrestleVotes that she has got it. She has got the looks. Speaking about Sasha Banks, in a video posted to her Instagram last Friday, uh, real name Mercedes Venado teased that something crazy is in the works but didn't go on to say what um 
I legitimately don't know. And and to be honest, I don't care. No, exactly. I really I'm don't care. Afraid. I loved Sasha Banks in NXT. I was a big Sasha Banks fan when she was in NXT. The Iron Women match with Bailey, you know that whole rivalry. I absolutely loved it. But for me, she's just she's never been the same. She she's never been the same. For me, she's done one too many walkouts. Face turns as well um, with with them. Yeah, but I, I think for, just forget that side. I think for me, she's done one too many. Take my ball and go home. You know, mm. Austin did it once, and you could kind of let Austin get away with it because it was Austin, right? Mm. He'd earned his stripes by that point. But he had earned the millions. But Banks <laughs> so. walking out the first time because she didn't like creative. Walking out the second yeah. time because she didn't like creative. No, it. That's not right. That's not right. No, in my not. view. Absolutely not. Now, one thing, uh, Stefan, that you love going to, and we know it because you've talked about going to WrestleMania this past year, is WrestleMania week. And WWE mm-hmm. have announced now what their schedule is going to be for 2023. And if you thought it was going to be any different to this year, um, you're wrong. It's exactly the same. Uh, we kick off on the Friday with the doubleheader SmackDown, then the Hall of Fame. Um Really want to know who we think is going to go into the Hall of Fame next year. Saturday is the doubleheader again. NXT Stand and Deliver in the afternoon, followed by night one of WrestleMania. Sunday is night two. And Monday is WWE Raw. For all of that, apart from Mania from the Crypto Arena. So, as someone who's been to Mania, as someone who's done Wrestle uh, Wrestle uh, WrestleFest, is that what it's called? WrestleFest? WrestleCon. Uh, WrestleCon, thank you. As someone who's been to NXT, who's someone who's been to Access, who's someone who's been to the Hall of Fame and WrestleMania, is it now too much doing these double shots Friday, Saturday, and then Mania on the Sunday? Right, it's a double-edged sword, because uh, obviously, unless you experience it, you don't really know. I mean, I didn't go to NXT uh, Stand and Deliver this year in Dallas because it was going to be too much. Uh, I, I still have nightmares of standing in the Texas heat at a tailgate party watching it on a big screen. Um, it was just too... It was... Honestly, I've ne- I, I, honestly, I'm surprised Like I didn't get like fourth-degree burns or something. That heat was intense. Um, however... <sighs> I've always been a big fan of WrestleMania as a one-night event. However, WrestleMania has now become so um, overstacked with matches, it's too much for it being a six, seven-hour event. Yeah. Um, I still think that 25, 30% of the matches that appear on WrestleMania don't need to be there. Great. Uh, I really don't. Uh, I still miss... The fact that every WrestleMania match was important. It was for a title. It had a stipulate. There was something there. And you'd always have, to an extent, like a special attraction match or something like that, uh, which I, I suppose you could probably call the Austin-Owens um, uh, thing that we had this year. Um, so it's okay. it's pretty cool over two nights uh, having WrestleMania, but it, it's too crammed. I mean, especially if you want to experience... WrestleCon, if you want to experience the city that you're going to, uh, you can, unless you're going, you're going to stick an extra few days or an extra week on your visit over there. Forget about it. Um, didn't get to go to most of the places in Dallas I went to, to check out. Uh, literally, it was WrestleCon, uh, SmackDown Hall of Fame, um, 
Then we had the tailgate pikers, as I said, didn't do stand and deliver. Then we had access as well. You got access as well to throw on top of that as well. Then you got one, uh, two nights of mania, and then you've got raw. You, it's non-stop. Mm. Um, and I feel personally, I would like rather see WrestleMania go back to the way it was. Be like a, I don't know, like a four-hour show, or even if it's five hours, trim the, the other two hours off it. Um, make it a five-hour show. That's more than enough to put um, everything in. That that means something. Uh, make it the one night again. Um, I like the idea of the Hall of Fame being at the end of SmackDown to an extent because a lot of people, and understandably so, going out your way to go and see Hall of F- the Hall of Fame ceremony when there's probably maybe one, maybe two people inducted that you really want to hear from. Um, it, it can, and obviously this year, obviously I've got had the honour of seeing Undertaker inducted, and it overran <laughs> so much. So we was late for we was late for a VIP party, but um, that's that's why it can be too much. However, I will say that even as it is, if you are going to all or most of them, the entire experience and meeting fans from all over the world, the entire experience is worth it. So it, that is one thing. At the end of it all, it is still worth it. So, do you think? I mean, the two nights came out because of the pandemic. We know that that that's why it happened. New Japan do it now with Wrestle Kingdom. That's still a two night event. Do you think though, with WWE stacking everything that they do now, it is to try and take away from WrestleCon? No, I, I, I don't think so. I, I, I don't think so. Um, I, I don't see how. I mean, WrestleCon they have their own things. They have Triple uh, A Lucha Libre um, events on there. Yeah. They had uh, they had Impact. Um, yeah. but, can... but these are all sort of during the day, more and sort of early evening when that when those are not on. Apart from SmackDown, so they don't clash necessarily with WrestleMania. Um, but okay, but I'm going to. I don't think so. But I'll play devil. I'm going to play devil's advocate okay. again. We're good at this, aren't we? Either I play it. Or we I'll are play good. It. But you say that, and I get exactly what you're saying. But you go to WrestleCon, you can't do access. Yeah. You go to access, yeah. it's difficult to do all the WrestleCon. This is where this is where why it gets so uh, frustrating because you have to plan around it. See, I did, uh, I did the Thursday Friday of WrestleCon. Um, and I did access on, I did Thursday, a little bit of access on the Thursday, but I did mainly access on the Sunday mm. uh, before the second night of Mania. So you can still fit those in, but you have to fit it around. The thing with WrestleCon is it depends on who you want to meet, how many people you, how many legends and people you want to meet. That's all it boils down to is what's at WrestleCon that is there for you. Mm. If it's just literally you want to see a small handful of uh, legends, whatnot, have photo ops, autographs, you go in, you get them done, you can leave. Yeah. So it can work to your advantage in that way. But um, yeah, if you, if you're expecting to spend a lot of money and meet a lot of people at WrestleCon, it can be extremely time consuming and then it will, we're going to find out what happens at WrestleMania this this year. And obviously the Hall of Fame talk is going to start very soon. So uh, we need to start putting our hedges in as to who we think is going to be inducted into the Hall of Fame. Considering it's in Los Angeles, I've got a pretty good guess who I think is going to be the headline for uh, WrestleMania Hall of Fame this year. And let's just say yeah. it will be 
the most electrifying Hall of Fame induction in sports entertainment. Yeah, that's uh, kind of who I'm thinking as well. I, I can I can see it. He, he's pretty much the last one now, isn't he? If you think Flair, Austin, Hogan, yeah, they're all in except for The Rock. Well, Triple H could still go in on his own. I don't think you'll see Triple H going in while he's in this COO head of creative role. Maybe, maybe not. But then again, you know, how long is he going to be in that role for? You know, Good that's point. the thing. I mean, we could even see Vince going. Oh, that is rumoured. That is rumoured. You know? The other one, though, to well, consider... Well, his father's in it. Vince Senior's in it. Is it, it too... You know. Yeah. But is it too soon? No. No, once you're, once you're, you're, you're done, you're done. Um, I, I don't think it really matters now. Um what your position in the company is or is no longer. Um, that's why I would have no issues with Triple H going in. I mean, it's, it's done and then it's done. You know, you, you have that night. You have to separate um, the job you're doing now. You're being celebrated for the career you've had. Um, and, you know, Vince rightly should go in because, like him, love him or hate him, I mean, even for the McMahon-Austin uh, era alone, Vince yeah, <laughs> deserves the totally in. agreed. You, you know, um, so yeah, it, it'll be interesting. The ones that, that are peaking my interest are who are the mid card type names that are likely to go in. That you know, that those are the ones that I'm starting to think. Hmm, who who could they put in? I mean, last you know, last year we had Vader, uh, this year, sorry, we had uh, Vader go in. Uh, we had Queen Charmel, etc., go in. We had the Steiners go in. Who who goes in? That's the interesting thing. You got to think there's going to be a tag team. There's going to be a, a, a posthumous induction because there always is. There's going to be a celebrity wing. I do wonder if you're going to get the Rockers inducted. I'd love, I'd love it. Um, I know Marty's um, recovering. Yeah, uh, I'm friends with Marty on Facebook. Marty's recovering from a uh, issue with his foot. Yes, he is. I'm That's friends with him as well. Um, the Rockers. I'd, I'd love to see the Rockers in there. Um, if <laughs> I would have said if it wasn't for the issues surrounding one particular member of the, of this tag team, I would say the Hardy Boys. But it would be difficult because obviously Matt being in AEW, um, well they both are. The issues Jeff has got as well. So yeah. it's you know the, if if okay if Nick Aldis debuts in WWE in January, Mickey James is going in. Oh, oh, 100%. I could see Nick. I would have put Mickey in this year when he was yeah, in Dallas. I would have done as well. But she I is, would, she is 100% next year. If Nick returns to WWE, she is 100% going in the Hall of Fame. I guarantee you that. But the reason I say the Hardys, though, is Edge and Christian are in. The Dudleys are in. I agree. You know, so you've got to sort of think... Mm, but I don't think... Know, do we, do I mean, we... we've seen it with Billy Gunn at Raw 25. You know, yeah. at the DX anniversary, sorry, not Raw 25, that... He wanted them to say he was AEW and WWE didn't do it. Billy Gunn didn't appear. They're not going to do that for Matt and Jeff. I just don't know when it comes to tag teams. I really don't know. I'm trying to think who are, who's not in there that should be. Um, I mean, I'm always going to be an advocate. I've always got a soft spot and this makes my friends laugh. And I always loved the fabulous Rougeau brothers. Oh, God. I love <laughs> I love Jacques and Raymond. Honestly, I actually, from their entrance theme to their in-ring work, I was a massive fan of this. I'd love to see them in. Do you know who I I'd would put in? Do you know who I would put in? There's three powers of pain. three tag teams. Yeah, the powers of pain, demolition. Oh, without a doubt. 
and the head shrinkers. Oh yeah, yes. Classic three classic tag teams, right? Yeah, and maybe the Orient Express. Yeah, yeah, because we've had the Rock and Roll Express, haven't we? They're yeah. already in. Yeah. Are you already in Express? Yes. See? There we go. See? You, you, yeah. your, your brain's been processing quicker than I, mine have, but yeah. Hey, I've been driving since quarter past five this morning, uh, and then been at work Fantastic. all day. But, right. but either way, we're, we're going to find out in over the next uh, few months and the lead up to Mania exactly who will go in. Uh, get in contact with us. Let us know who your predictions are for the Hall of Fame of uh, 2023. And... Uh, if anyone is correct, or at least gets more than one uh, correct, then maybe, just maybe, we might have to do a little giveaway. Uh, if someone's that good with their predictions, Ooh. maybe we can sort something out. We'll, maybe we'll, we can. We'll, we'll, we'll see what we can do. So get your predictions in as soon as you can. Well, one person who should be in the WWE Hall of Fame is Daniel Bryan, or Bryan Danielson, whatever you want to call him. And uh, Freddie Prince Jr. thinks that he's been underserviced as of now in All Elite Wrestling, because during the latest episode of Wrestling with Freddie, Freddie Prince Jr., who was a former creative writer for WWE, said this, Danielson has been underserviced as far as character development and story goes. I feel like he's been underserviced in matches. I feel like he's lost more than he's needed to lose. I feel like his motivation for wrestling hasn't been written as well as it could be written. It's become a part of his backstage interviews where there is a little bit of people questioning his motivation and not his toughness, so to speak, but just his reasoning and rationale. And this son of a bitch has had enough. So has Danielson been underserviced in All Elite? I, I would argue that to a degree. I, I, I also would, would argue that. Uh, I, I agree he's probably lost more matches than, than necessary, if I'm honest. Um, again, I still put it down to the simple fact that he's not the only one in that situation. There are a lot of top talent in that company that are not being um, used correctly, that are not um, being utilised the way that we would expect and, and would have hoped that they would have been. Mm. Um, so... I, I get it. I don't think that this uh, Blackpool Combat Club is doing him any favours, as I don't think it does Moxley any favours. I actually think the uh, Blackpool Combat Club should have actually been more of uh, a group put together by Regal of up, more younger, upcoming uh, talent that proving their worth, that have got that rough edge to them, uh, that, that style that Regal likes. Mm. I think it would have been more beneficial that way because if you look at the likes of Castagnoli, Danielson, Moxley, and that, you, all of a sudden you're looking at that and you're thinking, oh, this is almost like a main event mafia. Mm. Almost. Uh, you know, it, that, that's what it reminds me of, almost like that. But uh, I just don't think it's necessary. I mean, I think the BCC has gone a different direction to what they originally planned anyway. I mean, bear in mind, yeah. it was meant to have been Moxley and, and Danielson. They brought Wheeler Uter in. Danielson then got injured and Castagnoli comes in. But... What you're saying, I think, is correct, that the fact that this is more of a vehicle that I see for Wheeler Utah and for Claudio Castagnoli, who have really taken it by the horns and done, you know, good stuff. Mm. Would I like to see some others coming in there? I think you could put in all ego Ethan Page in there and it would do him some justice. I think even, and people will disagree with me, and eh, oh well, someone like Sammy Guevara would yeah. fit in the BCC. Yeah. I think it, it could be a, a modern AEW equivalent of what Evolution was. Um, you yeah. had the you had the the legend in Ric Flair, you had the current top 
Dyer in Triple H. You had uh, Batista, who was like the next big guy so, yeah. that was building up, almost like you could have used Wardlow in that, for example. Or, in that or Powerhouse of, Hobbs. Um, yeah, or Powerhouse Hobbs, for example, in that kind of mould. And then you've got the young, up-and-coming green guy that's got a lot of promise that you know is a future world star, Hall of Famer, uh, like they did with Randy Orton. Um, whether or not Guevara's already passed that a little bit, maybe, I don't know. That's up for debate. Okay, but so replace... That's what I think BCC should be. So you would replace... Uh... Guevara with Ricky Starks maybe yeah you know or, or even to a degree Hook I really like Hook although you don't see him I very like, often I like yeah mind you I like Dan Housen don't see Dan Housen very often either um, no well yeah, that, that's for a, that's a story for another day because I'm uh, actually in a Dan Housen group which is actually run by Donovan Dan Housen and a lot of people in there are not happy with the way he's been treated by AEW uh, he's been okay. used so yeah We'll save that for a, for another episode. That, that's going to be worth a chat. We'll talk about that next week. Uh, last news story for this week before we we move on is all about the big upcoming historic crossover pay per view between New Japan and Stardom. The card has now been released, and this is gonna be an absolute cracker. The IWGP Women's Championship: Kerry versus Mayu Ayatani. The United States IWGP Championship. Will Ospreay defends against Shoto Umino, um, who returned at New Japan Battle Autumn Saturday uh, and challenged Osprey. That is going to be one hell of a hard contest. Other matches on the card include uh, Shingo Tagagi, Teisui Naito and Hiromu Takahashi, Sanada and Bushi facing off against Aussie Open, TJB, Francesco Akira and Gideon Gray, Lord Gideon Gray from Revolution Pro Wrestling. Uh, you know, I, I know Gideon really well and I'm so chuffed to see to see Gideon on New Japan. I really am because he's such a charismatic, great worker. You know, I, I, I've been in the ring with him. I've interviewed him. I've commentated with him. Um, he's truly wonderful. To see him get this push now on, on New Japan is tremendous. Absolutely tremendous. All credit oh, to uh, absolutely. All credit absolutely. to him. Will Ospreay against Shooter Yumino. That is going to be a shoot. That's money. That that's money. You that can't match. really say much more about that, can you? Zack Saber Jr. is in action. He's going to be going up against Tom Lawler. Uh, it's a big card, and you can see it all November twentieth on New Japan World uh, across the interweb. Really? What more absolutely. can you say about that? can't really say much more well there we go it's a big one right we're going to go to our next break when we come back it's a bit of debate time we're going to be talking about is Seth Rollins the next Shawn Michaels let's see what we think we'll be back after this in AEW history. I'm cashing my chip in full gear. The AEW world champion, John Moxley. Get in the ring with me. It's dangerous as all hell. The generational talent, MJF. For the first time in my life, I'm gonna earn it. AEW presents 
This is not a game. This is my life. Welcome back to the Squared Circle. So is Seth Rollins the next Shawn Michaels? Why are we talking about this? Because quite simply, Jim Cornette gave his views on this topic on the Jim Cornette experience. During it, he said that um, it was Kurt Angle who compared Rollins to Michaels. And he goes on to say, I think he, meaning Kurt Angle, is making the comparison because they resemble each other in terms of they were the guy in WWE at their individual times that was long, lean, and athletic. I don't know that you can compare Seth with Sean in terms of, you know, drawing ability in box office. I mean, Seth is good, but Michaels, the one thing you have to do about, you have to do about the obnoxious little prick that he was, he was nearly the best in the business, especially at the WWF style of the 90s. So, Seth Rollins, is he the next heartbreak kid Shawn Michaels or is there somebody else or have we not got one we don't have one at the moment um no I I can I can understand the comparisons I I get that just as there were comparisons with Jericho and Michaels and things like that you know there this is the thing there are already there are always the odd guy that comes along that reminds you of a great and you 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 look at them. You can make them some comparisons, etc. But they are they're never ever at that just that good. Uh, Michael's arguably, debatably, maybe uh, carried um, WWE in the uh, in the uh, mid nineties um, with Brett, uh, without a doubt. Um, there was just something about Shawn Michaels. I mean, if you take away the losing his smile thing and, <laughs> and all that that crap um if you if you can take a lot of that away and you look at how sean developed from when he was obviously clearly outgrowing the rockers to his early singles i mean he was a star from the moment he broke from Ginetti, and i'm not in any way criticizing Ginetti. i, I always like Ginetti anyway it's just a shame that he just i think the difference was sean could channel this arrogant um toy boy gimmick just like that, like click of things. He he pulled it in. Obviously, Sensational Sherry helped out a lot with that because he had someone who could bounce that per, uh, persona off of. Whereas Ginetti didn't have that sort of personality. Ginetti was more of a laid back, calmer sort of um, person. Uh, and that's why I think it didn't work out as much for him. Um, I don't agree that, a lot, you know, at that point where people go, oh, yeah, well, Shawn Michaels was way better than Gennetti anyway. No, at that point in time, when the Rockers first split, I disagreed because they were almost identical. Move for move, identical, whatever Shawn did. Gennetti could do to an extent. The difference was when they broke away, Shawn seized that opportunity and showed what he could really do. And then over time, because he had that opportunity, he got better and better and better and better. Whereas Gennetti, unfortunately, it didn't, it didn't pan out for him. I, um, you see, I, I get where you're coming from with that, but I disagree totally. I don't think, I honestly think that at the time they broke up, Michaels was far ahead of Gennetti in terms of in-ring ability and the ability to cut a promo. 
and we saw that at the barbershop, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I agree in terms of on the mic and, and that, yeah. I mean, it's just, I think it was because... I mean, you may very well be right, and I could be wrong. I, I, I'm seeing it from the way I saw it, from my yeah. point of view, was obviously they were booked to be that sort of tag team where they both almost mimicked each other, move Agreed. for move, and with yeah. the high-flying style. You know, that's probably on WWE's direction, not on the Rockers themselves. But I think when they first split, Michaels had the ability to be able to talk on the mic to actually make this new gimmick believable that he was an arrogant, self-righteous prick so to speak whereas Janetti just didn't have that in him and as I said you know Michaels did over the years he got better and better and better and I think when the responsibility was put on him uh, uh, to carry the company almost on his shoulders yes he had a bit of a blip with the whole losing my smile and he had his demons and whatnot but to an extent he was so over he was so popular and he really did um, do a decent job and you know, a fair play to him. I totally agree with you to a, to a to a certain degree. I think though that Michaels coming back in two thousand two is when he solidified his place as, oh. you, you know, a legend, the best in the world. If you want to use that that pun, it was yeah. that unsanctioned match with Triple H at SummerSlam of that year that again put him on the map. It was that Elimination Chamber performance at Survivor Series that again put him on the map. But I think. Yeah that actually we're giving a disservice to Seth Rollins by saying he's not in the same league as Michaels. Because if you look at work rate, his work rate is equal, if not better, than HBK. If you look at promo skills, especially now with this whole um, Messiah visionary gimmick that he's doing, you know, I think he's got the audience right there, right where he wants them. I haven't, I'm not going to dispute anything you just said because I do agree I, I, I'm I, not doing Rollins a disservice I just think that, and I never question his work, work rate I'm, I, I, I think Rollins's work rate is out there yeah. like it's on another level I don't know whether it's because I'm being blinded because Sean's been and done had his career Rollins is still carving his path now I don't doubt that when Rollins eventually retires that he's not going to be more more closer to being on par with HBK. I just think HBK was just one of those, again, one of those talent that came along that was just, there was just that little extra something mm. which people can't replicate. The whole Mr. WrestleMania thing and, uh, you know, that, that whole thing, the fact that he could outperform anyone. In the modern day, Rollins could outperform almost anyone he, he, he would work with. I, I don't doubt that for a second. I, I'm not a big fan of making comparisons when uh, a legend has, has sealed and had their career and um, path set in stone. It's done. It's in the history books, whereas someone's still carving their uh, theirs. Because why? Why can't he be? Why can't we look back in another ten, fifteen, twenty years time and go, oh, heartbreak kid, Shawn Michaels, legend, like one of the absolute best, right up here, Seth freaking Rollins. One again, another guy carved his own path. He's right up there, one of the best that's ever done it. Why does there have to be a comparison? Why do we have to compare everyone to someone who's already been? Why can't he be the best, the the, the very first ever Seth Rollins? Same thing, you know, with Stone Cold Steve, Steve Austin. You don't compare anyone with Austin. Why? Because he was the first, and there's never been another Austin. No one even remotely like Austin. Not, you know, some people might go, oh, Moxley's got a little bit of that. But Moxley will never be anything like Austin. John Moxley will be the first John Moxley. He will be up there as a great in his own 
right. And that's what I think you have to do with legends is you have to place them on their own pedestals and, and things like that and stop trying to, you know, um, make them out to be um, the next somebody. that we, we see it in other sports, you know, who's the next Lionel Messi? No, let them be the first them. Mm. Let them be the legend that they're going to be potentially become in their own right and give them their dues based on what they've done, not because they've reminded you of someone great that's been and gone. So that's you, the way I, I see it. So do you think it's too easy then for wrestling fans and, and companies to name drop these legends and, yeah. and actually do this disservice to, to yeah, both well, of them? Yeah, we see it all the time. Yeah, we see it all the time. I mean, everyone kept going, oh, Undertaker's streak should have um, should have ended with Bray Wyatt. Bray Wyatt's the next Undertaker. No, Bray Wyatt's never the next Undertaker. There's one and only Undertaker. His career's been and gone. It, it's, it'll never be touched. Bray Wyatt is the first Bray Wyatt. He, again, is carving his own puff. Yes, if you want to go down that eerie, supernatural, uh, kind of spooky, dark sort of character, yeah, that is the same sort of mould of The Undertaker because that's the sort of dark sort of personality of that character. But he's not the next Undertaker, you know. Uh, it was never going to be the, ca- the case. Same thing as I referenced earlier when they did the same thing with Chris Jericho and they did the WrestleMania 19 match where Jericho says, I used to look up to you. Same thing with what Daniel Garcia said to Brian Danielson uh, in AEW the last few months where he's gone, I, you're, you know, I mean, you're a hero of mine. You're someone I looked up, up to, etc." Let them be that. If you are a legend that has been responsible for where that person that's paying you that compliment is at, Take it as a compliment and go, wow, not only have I carved my own path and, and you know, entertained millions for many, many years uh, and they've appreciated it, someone else is enjoying that fruits of labour, enjoying mm. their career because they watched me and I, you know, I mm. influenced them. I, you know, they looked up to me and I gave, you know, and I was a representation of what they could achieve if they put their hard work and mind to it. Look at it that way. I don't, I don't believe in all the comparisons. It's just me. It's like comparing Big Show to Andre the Giant. Nowhere near. Andre was a one-off. You know, Big Show was Big Show. And, you know, he, he will be, you know, his own, in his own, uh, in his own right, he's done the things he did as Giant as, and as Big Show. But he's not Andre the Giant. He, he's not, you can't compare it to Andre. It's just, you can't do it. It just don't work. You know what? We're definitely bringing the debates back more often. <laughs> oh, yeah, You're fired up, man. <laughs> but I'm not saying I'm right, but for me, that's just the way I see it. I just don't, yeah, I, mean, I don't. It is yeah. an interesting debate, isn't it? Because you you then look at, at performers and you go, Seth Rollins, Roman Reigns, John Moxley, right? Ten years ago, we would have gone, it would have been Rollins. He would be the breakout star of, of, of The Shield. But actually, it's Roman Reigns. Right. Hmm? Yeah, you could look at it either way. You could look at it and go, outside of the confines of WWE, Moxley is the best one. Multiple time AEW world champion, you know, New Japan, made history in New Japan, former WWE champion. Rollins has made a name for himself in WWE. Reigns is really the guy. He's the franchise player at the moment in WWE. Neither of them have done that. It's it's interesting when you look at it. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I, I get what you're saying. I agree with you. I mean, this is the thing. For a while, it looked like, well, to begin with, Rollins was the breakout star. But then again, he's, he is what I believe to be a Triple H guy. Yes. You know, Triple H invests a lot of time and in that in him. And I, and I think now 
the reason why Rollins is really thriving and has everyone eating in the palm of his hand is because I think Triple H is saying, you do you. You know, you 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 know uh, how to entertain these people, how to get them to eat out, in, out the palm of your hand. They're, he's. I just think the, the shackles are le- left off. Same thing with Roman Reigns. You know, this bloodline thing, at first people were like, oh, I don't know about this. But look at what it's grown into. Look what it's given us. It's given us the best version of Sami Zayn that we thought we'd ever see. Um, we, you know, and, and everyone's all of a sudden feeling oozy, which is absolutely amazing. <laughs> I had to drop that leaf once tonight. Um, but you can't, but the thing is with Moxley is we've not seen him in WWE without Vince putting the shackles on him and as him as Dean Ambrose. Who knows what Moxley could have become in WWE under Triple H's uh, tenure? Um, who, I don't who knows? Know. I think, yeah, I, I, again, I don't disagree with you, but I think mm. with Moxley, AEW is the right environment for him. I think he's got more creative freedom than he, what he would have, even under Triple H. He's he's the guy. And yeah. I mean, as we spoke of, was it the last episode or episode before, signing that multi-year extension to his AEW contract? You know, the uh, the influence he's now got in the company, you know, that he's been... He's locker room leader. to AEW, yeah. he's been rewarded for that. And if that's where he, he feels best and happier, then good luck to him, you know? Uh, you know, I, I don't... Th- think he would ever need to be in WWE again but who knows this is the thing with professional wrestling you never say never absolutely not right well that was an interesting debate that kind of went a different way than I thought so so now it's time for something a little different you can hear the music in the background because now it's time for something unique now it's time for us to find out who am I? Who am I? I'm going to give you five clues, and I want you to guess who I am from the world of professional wrestling. So, are you ready? Let's do it. So, I was born on December the 27th, 1966, in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Okay. Would you like a clue, or would you like a guess? They get gradually, they get, they get easier as they go down, all right? Right, I'll go for a clue. Okay. Throughout my career, I have competed in both WCW and the WWE. Right. Note okay. the WWE, so not WWF. Yeah, WWE. 1966, Oklahoma, Tulsa, Oklahoma. WCW, WWE, I'm trying to think. Who in Oklahoma... Oh, crap. Um, Another clue? Yeah, give me a third clue. Okay, so your third clue. If you get it on this one, it's worth three points. I made my wrestling debut on June the 23rd, 1997. Ah, so we're going in the center. Ah, right, okay. Oh, 97. What what was the date again in, in 97? June the 23rd. June the 23rd, 1997. And this is his first stable. So is this in WCW? Yep. June 23rd. Oh my God, this is actually quite hard. Would you like your penultimate clue? Oh Yeah, go on. I used to be a professional football player playing for the LA Rams, the Sacramento Falcons and others. Oh, Sacramento. 
doesn't then narrows it down, doesn't it? Because how many pro footballers? Are... <laughs> Sorry, the Atlanta Falcons, not the Sacramento Falcons. The Atlanta, the Atlanta Falcons. Oh, uh, Atlanta Falcons. <sighs> Oklahoma. That's what I'm trying to. I'm trying to think who's got who's from Oklahoma. Who's got that accent? <laughs> June ninety-seven. Well, this is it. This is your last clue. You know, I, uh, I'm, I'm going to go. The only one I can think of is Goldberg. Well done. Is it? Is it Goldberg? It's Goldberg. Yeah. I'm just thinking pro football, and I know, and I know Goldberg debuted in WCW in '97. Yeah. And I know he played for the the, the, the Rams and the fact that that's yeah, that was the only thing. But I was I was just trying to think of the accent. Who who could it be with the accent? Goldberg. Goldberg. So okay, the last cool. clue was. I'm best known, but not for the right reasons, for a match at Starcade 1999. Yeah. Where he took Bret Hart yeah. out and gave him the concussion and ended yes. the career of the hitman. Yes, 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 yes. Well, there you go. Oh, wow. Well, so next week, Uh-oh. I will be putting Andy through the Who Am I paces, and we will see if uh, if Andy can fare even better than I did. Oh, God. Um, We'll be doing. <laughs> if you have got any suggestions about who would you like to uh, be done on Who Am I, uh, let us know on social media or on WhatsApp. Or you can call in and leave us a voicemail with your five clues and uh, we will play them on the show to see if we can actually work out who they are. That was really tricky. And I wrote the clues. It was. That was a fair. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Right. We're going to go to our last break of the evening. When we come back, it's TSC Top Picks. Uh, we're going to be looking back generally at all of the TV and the pay-per-view events that happened over the past week and giving you our top picks. More on that in just a second, but we will see you after this. bring this segment in without having the music playing for quite possibly uh one of the most surprising 
performance of 2022, Logan Paul from Crown Jewel. Uh, let's just touch base. That audio clip you heard just a few moments ago was the dastardly Zoe Starks turning heel on Nikita. I called it, I said to you a few weeks ago, I can see Zoe Starks turning heel. It was just, I, I just couldn't see them winning the tag titles um, uh, right now. I, I just, I, I could see it. And then obviously last week it was almost teased. And then yeah. this week. Well, well as, as I read just... somewhere on a report, the worst kept secret in professional wrestling, Zoe Stark turning heel on the Keita Lions. What was interesting though, and you heard it in that sound clip, the fans were cheering her. She got a face reaction. That's intriguing. I don't think everyone is an Andy Evans, uh, unfortunately. I don't think everyone is uh, as won over by Nikita Lyons as uh, as my co my 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 wonderful co-host is, <laughs> if I'm honest. And I'm one of them. I, I can see she could be a big star in the future, but I'm not sold on her yet. Not 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 yet. I've said it before. I'll say it again. I'm a Nikita Lyons guy. In fact, exactly. I even sent you the mock-up of the t-shirt. You you did. And let's just say they leave a lot to be desired. <laughs> let's just put it that way. Okay. They, they really do. Um, if ever you, you were worthy of having a chair, chair shot to the head, Andy, it would have been from set for those graphs. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, buddy. Just that was, they were just, no. Look, no, I'm a better producer than I am a graphic designer for t-shirts. All right, <laughs> it's not my forte. I'm a trainer, damn it. I know, but yeah, Crown Jewel, Logan Paul, what a main event! What a pay per view! Actually, turned out to be yeah. yeah what but, a pay per view! I mean, from the minute the show started with Bobby Lashley and Brock Lesnar, right the way through to the main event with Logan Paul and Roman Reigns, I cannot remember a time where I sat there watching a Crown Jewel Saudi Arabia event in its entirety without getting bored. And without skipping any of it. Mm. The only thing I would say, the only negative about Crown Jewel was the filler in between the matches with the retrospective lookbacks on like Becky Lynch and Seth Rollins and all that type of thing from the network. There was too much filler in it for me. But yeah. if you look at the, if you take that away and look at the in-ring action, there was no match that was a dud. Um, I'm not saying the right people won, every match um but i wasn't disappointed by anything and really intrigued to see where they're going with damage control and nikki cross of course we now know from raw well i mean i was going to say i mean talk about the, the one i turned around i think it was one of the matches i criticized that was going to be on the card was lesnar lashley i said i don't know why they've got beef again um but i like the way it ended uh, yeah. a little throwback to I mean, it's one of my favourite finishes of all time. Roddy Piper, Bret Hart in the Continental Championship match from WrestleMania 8, where the sleeper is on Bret Hart and he uses the turnbuckles for leverage to force himself over and locked into a pinfall whilst being locked in the sleeper. I, 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 I'm a fan of that finish. I love that finish. I didn't expect to see it there, but um, I, I still can't work out wh why Lesnar Lashley again all of a sudden. I, I can't fully work out why but it's clear from what we saw on raw with um the way he uh lashley manhandled uh our lead backstage um i think it's again yet another heel turn and they need to be careful with this i don't think it is i don't think it is i think no. uh, bully ray made a very interesting comment on bust the open i listened to it on my drive down to to stratford today that 
actually, if you look at it, he's not turned heel. He's just pissed off. He's been screwed over so many times. So, you know, what is this What is this line between face and heel, right? Yeah. You could be a tweener. But he's already openly said he wants the Hurt Business to reform. So... I think it needs to. And after seeing A Theory, Austin Theory and Shelton Benjamin this past week on Monday Night Raw, so do I. Yeah, and I mean, then, and then there's also, you know, seeing the way um, that, uh, well... <laughs> Just Cedric Alexander as well, um, yeah. you know. He, he I was, yeah. I think it, it would be beneficial to bring them back together, put them back together. Um, I mean, especially as far as Alexander and Shelton Benjamin have gone, things have not worked out well for them since the Hurt Business split, um, unfortunately. And that's what I can't understand is, you know, the the situation with Shelton Benjamin because everyone knows what a fantastic in ring talent he really is. We've seen it before, you know, in the mid two thousands. Um, I, I just can't understand why they don't, what, what they're not seeing in him again. I, I, I kind of there was a big deal about him coming back when he originally re-signed. I, I know he's been unlucky with injuries, but mm. I, I don't I don't understand why then why he can't be utilised. Maybe it's just the Triple H effect. I mean, he's not got round to it yet. I mean, he, that could legitimately be this. You've I'd got have to... stuck. I would have stuck um, Shelton with um, American Alpha. Oh yeah, that would have worked. As a third man, it, it, you know, he's got that previous, you know, being part of Teen Angle. Yeah. Um, you know, I think he would be, you know, sticking with Otis, sometimes put him and Otis together and have Chad Gable at ringside being the mouthpiece, so to speak, and mix it up a little bit. Um, I, I think that, that could work. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's been an interesting week. I mean, just going back to Crown Jewel, you mentioned the, the Undisputed Championship, and we'll touch on that before we, we touch on the women, because I think the women have definitely... Um, Said a few tongues wagging, shall we say. Roman Reigns, Logan Paul, we knew it was going to be a barn brawler. We knew it was going to be a, 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 knockdown, a knockdown drag out. And by God, was it. We heard it at the beginning of the show, the Superman punch from Logan Paul onto Roman Reigns. Not once, but twice. And that was the whole story of the match. One lucky punch, Reigns is down, Logan's going to get the win. And I and I will tell you this. I legitimately, at one point during that match, thought, my God, they're going to pull the trigger. Roman's going to drop it to Logan Paul. I, I knew it wasn't going to happen. But <laughs> I like how they teased it. And I like how Roman worked with Logan Paul. I mean, Logan Paul, we, we, we know he's been training very hard. He takes it very seriously. And I have to give respect to anyone who, uh, an outsider as they call it, and I'm doing the inverted common things with my fingers now, um, hey. and these outsiders that are coming in, if they put, if they take it seriously and they put the work rate in, I've got no problem with them being there. Um, although I still think there are people on the roster that are probably more deserving of the spotlight, but you know, it's WWE, so you have to, you just have to mm. accept that. That's what they're gonna do. Um, but fair play to Roman as well. I think Roman made him look really good. Um, they had a hell of a match and I was really impressed and I do think now's the time whether you like Logan Paul as a YouTuber which I don't or, or as a personality which I don't but as a wrestler that's proving himself you've got to put respect on his name well let's put it this way that Instagram selfie video that he did has been yeah. the most watched social media clip of a WWE in 2022 and that is 
historic but you mentioned he's been injured and he really has been um he suffered a torn meniscus an mcl and a potential acl tear he said it happened halfway through the match it means he's going to be gone for at least several months um now it was unknown when he was going to be used but the most logical decision would have been at the royal rumble as a guest spot it also makes you wonder what they're going to do with jake paul now because you know obviously he made his debut at Crown Jewel, took the Usos out and and Solo Sokoa. Again, impressive by Jake Paul. I would have loved to have seen the Paul brothers tag up against the against the Usos. I I would actually wouldn't have mind seeing the the, the Paul brothers teaming up with uh, whoever in Wargames. Oh, that would against have been good. The... That would have been good. Would have made sense. I mean, I don't know whether or not you know uh, whether uh, Jake Paul is going to appear on SmackDown or whatever and, you know, turn around and then have like try and have his moment. I don't see it. Um, I, I genuinely don't see it. But, um, yeah, it, it sucks for Logan Paul in the terms of, like, he really proved something at Crown Jewel. He really did. Um, I got to see him team with Miz at WrestleMania and then we saw how he performed against Miz. Uh, was it SummerSlam? SummerSlam. Um, you know, and then he goes ahead and he performs the way he does. This is the same thing like when I've said about the likes of Pat McAfee and Bad Bunny. If you're training hard and you're taking it seriously and you are lucky enough to have your opportunity to perform, then fair play to you. You know, there's always going to be haters regardless. So that, That's the one thing about Logan Paul. He took the opportunity and he ran with it. And fair play to yeah. him. I mean, I'm with you. I don't see Jake Paul appearing on WWE TV. I don't think Jake Paul has got as much charisma as what Logan's got. Um, no, 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 I think he's tougher in a way, and we saw that you know when he took out Anderson Silva in the boxing match the other week. But I don't think he's he's up there with Logan Paul, so I think they will wait. Yeah, I, I mean, I, 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 this is just me. Uh, I could be wrong. I, I still question a lot of the, the legitimacy behind a lot of his uh, wins um, and, and that, uh, fights that he has. I, I have to be honest. Um, I think a lot of them. Uh, some of the matches are extra payoff to throw matches to make him look good. But I, I'm just saying. I'm well, just they're saying all signed to the. They're all signed to his own label. So uh, take that. I hope I'm wrong because at the end of the day, if he's done it all on his own mem- merit, fair play to him. But I just I don't know. Um, I, I'm not sure. Well, Anderson but, I mean, Silver Anderson is a UFC Silver. legend. And... Exactly, but Anderson Silver, when you look at you know he, he's he's not exactly young and in his prime, is he? And then you've got you know Jake Paul, who's a young guy who's yeah. obviously he's got some set of uh grapefruits as vince would say um you know if it's legit then fair play to him but yeah. I'm, I'm i'm not entirely sure i'm not entirely sold do you know what i liked about the match and it was the fact that even though he said jake paul was going to be there he wasn't at ringside the entire moment for the entire match and i like that you know, and I like they brought him out when they did because he wasn't overused, but it, it worked. It was the right moment to bring him out. He did what he needed to do to take out the Usos, but it was just cleverly done. I think that this is the thing I think WWE are the only thing that can potentially tarnish Roman Reigns's uh, this, this rain pun, in, pun well, unavoidably <laughs> intended. Get yourself um, out of that. Come on. Yeah, yeah <laughs> Roman Reigns's reign um, as champion that he's, that he's currently on. Uh, is the percentage of the matches that he has won because there has been outside interference from an involvement from the rest the of the bloodline. Yeah. That is the thing. They haven't all been clean wins where it's just been Rain, uh, Roman's been the, the, the top guy. That's the one thing for me that really tarnishes a little bit is that, whereas you look at San Martino, Hogan and all that lot, it was very different back then. 
it was very but i think just going back to your point earlier on about mcmahon i think it's a different era so mm. if you think about the fact and you know this as a heel manager right what better way to get heat you're the you, heat not heat oh, yeah you're that you're the dastardly heel you're gonna cheat to win that's part of the game of, of having a heel faction right or a heel there ain't nothing better than professional wrestling when you're a heel than the heat. Bring it on and turn it up some. Like, I'm talking about fourth degree burns. I'm talking about off the scale burning heat here. That's that's what I love. Yeah. If, and, if, and, you, if you want heat, get it. So I'll tell you what, I don't agree with you on that. I think that's done Roman the world a good to have the bloodline. Because no, like interested... you said, it, it potentially, I'm not saying it does, but it potentially yeah, no, could in the eyes of some. It's... I'm just enjoying what they're doing. Uh, but I would love to see Sammy be the one to dethrone him. Ah, yeah. Never going to okay. happen. For those who, for, for those who, Andy just planted his head in his hands when I said that. It, it, it probably is never going to happen. But how amazing. Could you mean? Could you oh, imagine it would, it would the celebration huge. and the crowd if that actually yeah. happened? The bloodline do Sammy wrong in the end. They do him dirty and wrong. Then he's put up against it. He's against. He's got the bloodline there. He's got Roman to deal with for the title. He's on. Un, he's underway. Maybe Kevin Owens comes out, helps to clear out some of the bloodline, and Sammy somehow snatches a bit of like Guerrero versus uh, Lesnar at No Way Out 2004. Like the, he, he was dominated the whole match, and then that 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 just that one moment, and he capitalised. I mean, even if he only holds a title for a couple of weeks or or a month or something like that. It would just be beautiful, wouldn't it? They it's could, not going to happen, but it they, would be beautiful. They could do the Jericho effect. Remember when Jericho won the world strap for the first time on SmackDown? Yeah, and then the it got reversed. Too far. Yeah, 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 yeah. They could do that. I, you're right. I'd love to see it. I would pop massively. They did that with, did that with HBK and Triple H, didn't they? On they an did. episode of Raw, um, yeah. where the both both shoulders were down. Yeah. Uh, they turned out, and Sean couldn't believe it. So there are ways of playing on on that. Um, I would love to see it just to see the look on the face of Reigns and uh, Heyman to be like, and then Sammy had this moment and then it's just taken away from him. I, I could, I could more see Jimmy Uso trying to do an Uso kick and Sammy ducks and he takes out Reigns. Yes. Yes. That would be hilarious. Because yeah. And then, you know, Reigns loses the strap because Jimmy Uso lost his Uso. We've said lost his smile too many times tonight. He's lost his ooze. He's lost his ooze. Going forward. Let's just... Where are we going with this? Let's just talk about the women, right? Because it's paramount at the moment that on Monday Night Raw, we have got six women, or seven now if you count Nikki Cross, that are really stepping up. In fact, I think they're the only seven women on Raw. (laughs) Because you haven't seen Candice LeRae for quite a while, right? So, Alexa Bliss, Asuka lose the women's tag, uh, tag titles back to Dakota Kai and, and Io Shirai on yeah. Crown Jewel, thanks to Nikki Cross. We then, on Monday night, got that truly magnificent promo between Io Sky and Asuka, where they are going at it in Japanese, Asuka's barking, and we get that one line from Io Sky, bitch. But do you know what really made it was the fact that the camera kept panning to Bianca Belair, whose face was like, what the hell is going on? And then over to Bailey and Dakota Kai, who were doing the same thing. It just worked. Yeah. 
Absolutely. Uh, I remember saying to you, I think I said to you about that time uh, when um, Mick Foley, do you remember when we was heading to the Raw Rumble in the year 2000, the street fight, and he, he does that segment on SmackDown where he says one thing uh, mankind is not ready, and that's to face you in a street fight at the Raw Rumble. But I think the fans deserve a substitute. I'm going to name him now. And he rips off the mask, and he says, hey, I think you know the guy. His name is Captain Chat. And just the look on tr- of fear on Triple H's face. And Triple H says in a, um, it's in the Mick Foley documentary, uh, Hard Knocks, Cheap Pops um, DVD. Brilliant uh, mm. uh documentary by the way where he actually says that moment solidified the Captain Stack as a myth because that just that that look if Triple H had just gone like that and started laughing it would have killed the whole thing but just that one look it goes to show just how much impact just facial expressions yeah. alone can have on a segment and I think it was so and, and I'm going to give props to the cameraman at WWE for cutting and using their to, to actually cut to those to get those uh for reaction because it was a fantastically entertaining moment. It really was. And it just goes to show what this new Triple H era is all about, really, isn't it? Because you would not have got oh, this on the McMahon. No, no. But you then had Nikki Cross appear, yes. who now looks like she's aligned somehow with Damage Control, the, the weirdest alignment I think I've ever seen. But what got me was after she took out Alexa Bliss, she just stared at the sky in a trance Mm. that was it you know and then we had the moment of all moments where nikki cross realized that she can't play hoopla or ring toss and she throws the hardcore championship the 24 7 title into the bin and misses and misses yeah to be fair, it's okay because it just goes to show how much she obviously didn't care. Well, <laughs> so I think that actually worked. She cared about as much about that title as what the rest of us did. What, Let's face it. What would have been hilarious, though, is if you'd thrown it, it missed, and then Bailey would have just come picked it up and put it in the bin. You meant to do this? <laughs> that would have been funny. Oh, absolutely. But, I mean, I've got a theory because I don't know whether or not the women's war games match, uh, that's going to have damage control, whether it's going to be four and four, whether there's going to be a fifth member uh, for that match. But I wouldn't trust Nikki Cross at this moment in time because she has already, on her return, attacked damage control. Uh, I actually wouldn't um, put it past her to actually turn um, on damage control mid-match and oh, no. then just walk out or something. I, I just think... She's um, the loose cannon. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so who would you... But what... Yeah. Who would you put on Team Belair? Would you put someone like Candice LeRae who, is, who has got exposure over beating you know, um, Bailey, or, and this goes back to the news line, is this the news that Sasha Banks has been going on about? And actually it's her and Naomi coming back. That's your five-man team facing off against damage control with an extra person. What about Becky? Is she clear? The hyper, they're, 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 put, they're putting video vignettes about her up on WWE TV again. Uh, so she's got to be having an impending return. Why not have her as... Uh, um, on a, because at the end of the day, she last time we saw her, it was Damage Control. She had just lost to Bianca. Damage they, Control debuted. They took her out. Yeah, would make sense. Um, but one thing, while we're talking about these women, one thing I want to point out to some people um, at Crown Jewel when um, Alexa and Oscar were being interviewed backstage, there was the flash of Bray Wyatt's moth um, on the screen. Now, something which came out today, I th- believe it might have been a WWE live event last night. 
during uh, the entrance of Bianca Belair, I think it was Bianca Belair, but Oscar and they let's left to the ring on the Titan Tron flashed them off again. So are we now starting to see mm. that the, the finally the signs that with where it comes to Alexa Bliss, we aren't finished with the whole Bray Wyatt Alexa Bliss deal. I think um, we need to. There was a lot of uh, the speculation over one of the video vignettes as well recently, where it showed a female grinning, and she had like the the Billy the Puppet from the Saw movies uh, spiral on her cheeks and that. Now apparently that person uh, is apparently um, Ray White's sister. Really? Um, yeah, yeah. There was um, apparently they, they released some pictures of her, and if you look at the faces, they they pretty much match up. So there is a chance that she's you know, at the very least, just appeared just to be an extra in one of his videos. I don't foresee her being, you know, anything significant and that, but that's just uh, another little bit of thing that's come out um, I think, as well. So, I think if they're putting Alexa back with Bray Wyatt again, they've got to do something different and it's got to be that she's Sister Abigail. I, I just don't mm. see I mean, what... who's to say, who's to say they're not going to pull the trigger and do something during the War Games? I, I think there's a logic there. Maybe... Yeah, maybe we're answering this ourselves. Maybe Nikki Cross and Alexa Bliss are both becoming part of the House of Wyatt. You know, but do you see what we're doing? We're, we're doing what we haven't done as fans for ages. We're now speculating. We're now trying to work things out. We we weren't doing this under the Vince era. We weren't, and you're absolutely uh, right because we can also add into that Liv Morgan. Liv Morgan as well. I mean, I'm loving what the, the what they're doing with Liv at the moment. I'm loving all of this. Oh. Like, I'm a side to her. I mean, this is exactly what her character needed to for the push, for a real push. I mean, um, and I'm enjoying it. Yeah, was it this past week on SmackDown with the uh, the No Holds Barred match with Sonya Deville, or was that the week before? One of the uh, two. No, that was last week. Um, she put a, she she jumped off the apron, didn't she? And put her yeah. both her and uh, Sonya because it was this past week on SmackDown where Sonya broke. Oh no, no, no! Actually, no, it was this week. It was Shayna that broke Natalia's nose. Legitimately, yeah. yeah. No, it was this week. Yeah, it was this yeah. past week. I mean, um, that was and, just. I remember watching that match and thinking, this is TV. Mm. They've done this this no DQ match on TV with the chairs, the weapons. The, the, the When was the last time you saw that on SmackDown on Fox, right? But exactly. she again, she went in the trance. And the commentators are even referencing it now. That there is a different Liv Morgan. So something is definitely happening with her, but she's she's tremendous. Well, with, with, without a doubt. Um... Yeah, I want to, one thing I do want is when we're speaking about Candice LeRae, I want to speak about her husband briefly, Johnny Gargano. Uh, oh. Losing to The Miz. I don't know what they're doing with Johnny Gargano at the moment. I know they're making him this pivotal part of this Dexter Loomis Miz storyline, etc. But I, I don't see how it helps Johnny Gargano gain momentum on the on the Raw roster. Because he's now lost, I think it's what, two, three matches or so now yeah, since I he's mean, been back? He's only had about five since he's come back. I, I, I just don't I don't understand the booking of Johnny Wrestling I really don't and and same with Candice LeRae haven't barely seen her and when you have seen her it's been really quick but yeah the whole Miz Dexter Loomis Johnny Gargano thing has run its course now you know I, oh it yeah. needs to stop we need to pay off I, I, I said to you I, I, I actually expected that match to be added to Extreme Rules didn't happen then I said oh they'll probably do it at Crown Jewel didn't happen so and it's kind of like, what are you waiting for? You know, just get get it done. It's got to be on the undercard at Survivor Series, I think. 
Has to be. Oh, probably, yeah, yeah. Because they're not going to be in the War Games match, are they? So it has to be under that. But I think the biggest controversy this week for me, and, you know, going across all of television, is Austin Theory and the money in the Mm. bank. What a waste that was. What was Uh, the point? (laughs) And since when can a money in the bank be cashed in on a mid-card strap? Well, I'm not. I think they changed the rule a year or so, about a year or so ago, where it could be any title is eligible. Um, but but why? Uh, that you're unable to. Give. I don't know. I, I don't know. I'm hoping this is something else that Triple H is going to nip in the bud. Um, again, I still want Money in the Bank back as a WrestleMania match uh, and have it that that year, yeah. um, that yearly thing, and do it that way. Uh, again, it was a waste, uh, complete and utterly point pointless. Just like when Cena won it. And, and, he, and he fouled. It, it doesn't make sense because it was only about a month ago he appeared on NXT and, and looked to challenge Bron Breaker for the title. Yeah. I mean... It, yeah. He, he was never... Theory was never going to be a big star under Triple under trip. Like, I, I, I still think he could be a big star. I always thought that Vince was pushing him too soon. Yeah. But this I is what we mean. But this is what we mean at the beginning of the show where we turned around and said Vince uh, Triple H was clearing up a lot of family business. It's almost like Drew McIntyre effect. Do you remember when... Uh, yeah. Drew first came in as the chosen one, yeah. chosen by Vince specifically. Too soon, too soon, didn't work. And then we saw what happened. And then we're but, seeing a similar thing, I think, with Theory. But you talk about the chosen one, Karrion Cross. What's going on with him? I don't know. I, obviously, Scarlett was the one that made the mistake um, because of what she did with the door. Uh, locking it and everything so Drew can get out that way. Um, I know you can hear uh, Cross shouting at her, sort of like, what what happened? What did you do? Sort of thing uh, when the camera cuts away. I don't, I'm hoping they're not going to tease a split between Cross and Scarlet. Oh. Let's not do that. Um, but uh, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's just to keep Drew strong because if Drew goes on a losing streak, it really damages him. For him to pick up the odd win here and there, in between the rivalry, I think it keeps them both relatively safe. But there has to be a point where they're going to have to draw a line underneath this. But I don't think it would have hurt Drew to have lost to, to Cross. I think it would have done no. more for Cross to have got the to got the rub over Drew than the other well, way around. Considering Drew McIntyre apparently was extremely ill with the flu exactly um, over that week, over the weekend and wrestled that match that way. I mean, um, they, they still could have done the rubber match based know. on that. They still could have done the rubber match based on that. I mean, they the only other. The only other big thing to talk about from from Monday Night Raw this past week, and then we'll talk about the rest of it, was we called it yep. Mia Yim is back, and she yes. looked impressive. Oh, didn't she? She looked focused. Um, she seemed to have slotted in well with the OC um, uh, as well, which is quite cool. I like the little backstage segment after where they're all talking about going out for some drinks, and she's like, "No, guys, these, these are on me," and, and all that. Um, I. I I'm a fan of Mia Yim anyway. When she turned up in NXT at first, I was like, oh, yes, I'm excited. And then we won't mention the reckoning, uh, uh, that, that whole, uh, the retribution thing. We won't we won't talk about all of that. But to see her back with the attitude, now we have a legitimate threat for Rhea Ripley. Um, the, even the odds. Now, I'm now, at this moment in time, now invested in the Judgment Day versus the OC storyline. Now we've got Mia Yim added to it. I'm looking at it and I'm like, oh... Okay, okay. But it, it brings a question, you know, are we getting war games with these? I don't think you will. I think, they're only, I think you're only going to get two war games matches. Otherwise, it's overkill. That's what I was thinking. 
You know, I think you'll get the yeah. women's match, which we already know, and you'll get the men's match. Now, whether or not the men's match is the bloodline, because who do you put them against? Bloodline, it's easy to... Well, I say actually might not be as easy as that, but I think... Um, well, now you obviously we have to write local form out of it. Exactly. Definite. Um, it is, that is a very interesting um, question, is who do you put? Do you just assemble a team of uh, five or four to go against them? Is Sami Zayn going to compete as part of the bloodline? In that? Are they going to put all five of them in? Um, that's that's the question. I mean, we've only got, what, two, two three weeks? weeks? Yeah. Yeah, until that. So I don't know um, what they're planning on doing, but they must be competing in war games because the, the, even the ad for uh, Survivor Series is showing um, the bloodline as uh, as, as what looks to be a part of that. i got to admit, I'm really surprised with less than well, just over two weeks to go until Survivor Series. We don't know anything about it apart from the women. You know, you look at All Out, um, not All Out, Full Gear, that's on the 19th. We pretty much know the card. Yeah. You know, and that, that does concern me about Survivor Series. They've made all this hype about War Games coming back and giving it a fresh coat of paint. And brilliant, I agree. Survivor Series has got a purpose now. But we know nothing about it. And unless they pull it together in the next couple of weeks, it's going to be an intriguing pay-per-view. I'm okay with it. I have to admit, I mean, they've already sold me on War Games. That you know, they they've sold me on War Games anyway. Um, I'm 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 actually okay with, with with it. I think you could probably put the brawling brutes in because yeah. they are Pete Dunn's wrestled um, War Games matches anyway, um, so he's got experience there. And I think considering they've been up against uh, the Bloodline, that they could go in. So could the New Day, really? Because they appear to be next. There's your five you know, men. There's your five men. Seamus, Butch. Well, Seamus well, isn't going to likely be cleared in time. Um, so it'd have to be one guy to be put with New Day and, um, and, the, and brawling the Brawling Brutes. So who do you put in there? That's, Kevin that's the big question. Potentially. Yeah. Who potentially. knows more about Sami Zayn than Kevin Owens? There we go. So I think there potentially is your War Games match, but they're yes. going to have to do a hell of a lot. They could start the storyline this week on SmackDown as part of the World Cup. We know it's going to be the Usos defending against the New Day. Um, and Sokoa is going to be at ringside. We know that. So that's going to be an interesting thing. Um, what I touched quickly, we heard the promo at, or the, the segment at the beginning of the show, right? Dynamite, this past week, opened up with Darby Allen facing off against Jay Lethal, who I reckon is is so underutilized and underrated in AEW, it's unbelievable. He oh. is he is a a, a, a a performer. He is a main event performer. At the end of it though, Jeff Jarrett debuts for All Elite as the as the lone outlaw, who has had a year where he has been in AAA, GCW against Effie at the Hammerstein Ballroom, SummerSlam, Ric Flair's last match, the NWA and All Elite. The only two companies he's not been involved in is Impact and New Japan. What a year for Jeff Jarrett. I know, right? As long as he don't start booking himself, I'm happy. <laughs> to be honest with you. Um, no, I, I, I like Jeff Jarrett. I've always liked Jeff Jarrett to an extent. Um, but yeah, I, I, it's, it's been, a, been a hell of a year for, for Jeff. Um, it'd be interesting to see what they do with him, what, what he's going to do. Um, but I mean, we know he's got previous experience with the likes of Sanjay Dutt and, and, and whatnot. So it kind of makes sense in some ways, but 
that'd be very, very interesting to see where they go from uh, with that one. Um, but another one I want to touch on is Colt Gabbana. Now, yes. Um, yes. Uh, his return on Dynamite has actually caught the attention of, apparently caught the attention of WWE. Inside a source, uh, Russell Rates has tweeted that Cabana's return did not go unnoticed by those at WWE headquarters in Stamford, Connecticut. Russell Rates tweeted, Colt Cabana showing up on Dynamite last night did not go unnoticed in Stamford. That's all I'll say on that right now. And there's also been rumours of CM Punk returning to WWE, given he seems to be on his way out of AEW. And there's been some increased interest from Triple H since he took over creative. Time will tell. Now, I don't see it happening, but I do remember Triple H saying that there will have to be some things that would need to be sorted out. But he said, never say never. So, obviously, taking what Triple H has said there, the door is potentially open, but think there are going to have to be some bridges built um, repaired. I don't think it's worth doing at this point now. I think it's done. Um, I don't think CM Punk has to offer the wrestling business what he once had. And I think we've seen that now. Uh, his The hype of his return to wrestling with AEW started off astronomically high, but it, it, it dipped very, very quickly. And um, I don't think anyone kind of needs it. I, I, just, I just think CM Punk's bitter. I genuinely think yeah. he's bitter, and and, and you coming, you seeing that from the whole all out incident. He wanted out of AEW. You could you could tell that, and oh. that's why he did it. Yeah, you know, I do not oh. want to see CM Punk back in WWE because it won't do anything. What's the point? When you talk about, um, you know, Logan Paul coming in and taking a spot from guys on the roster, that's exactly what Punk will do. What will happen? Punk will come in. Punk will want the strap. Yes, absolutely. But Absolutely. the whole Colt Cabana thing, just going back to that, A, how amazing was it to see Boom Boom back on TV, let alone on Dynamite, yep. just back on TV? And B, isn't that two fingers up to CM Punk? That's kind of saying, you're done, it is a bit, Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is the thing. We know how tight Colt Cabana and CM Punk once were. So, And, and the fact that things soured between them two and have got to the point where they don't, can't stand each other anymore. I mean, it, it says a lot, you know, um, but it's unfortunate, but, you know, that's that's where it is. Um, the only other news really is that WWE CEO Nick Khan has signed a new deal at WWE. Um, during the latest Wrestling Observer newsletter, Dave Meltzer has revealed that Khan signed a deal on uh, October the 19th and it will expire on the 5th of August 2025. I'm not even going to go into the base salary for the contract because that makes me feel quite sick. But it's over a million per year. So um, we'll leave it at that. But I think it's time, before we go into the coming up, we will go for our top picks, Andy. Yeah, absolutely. Let's kick off then. Let's do um, the top show or event of the week. Over to you, Stefan. Crown Jewel. Damn it. Yeah, mine too. How can you not? Just an incredible event, isn't it? Oh, without a doubt. Uh, yeah, it, it was. It was the best Crown Jewel, um, I think, so far. It was my favourite Crown Jewel um, that they've done. So, you know, fair play. <laughs> that doesn't really say a lot about Crown Jewel, though, does it, really? It you doesn't. Know, it, it, it doesn't. You might no, as well just start it again. No, it what about your I mean, top... Take about... away the factor it was in Saudi Arabia. It, as, a, as an actual pay-per-view or premium live pay-per-view, I'm going to call it. I'm not going to call it the event. Um, as, as a pay-per-view, it was a relatively solid show. It delivered on what it needed to. It, if it was in the States, it would have been up there, wouldn't it? But because it's got Saudi Arabia, you're still going to get the critics saying it shouldn't be over there. Say what you will about yeah. that. We're not going to get involved in the politics of it. Okay, right. so top match. 
Andy, yours. <sighs> you see, I'm torn, right? I'm torn between going for the obvious Logan Paul versus Roman Reigns. But I actually think I'm going to go Colt Cabana versus Chris Jericho. Purely because of Colt Cabana being back on TV and the storyline of the Oco defeating the Ring of Honor champions and then getting what we're going to get, which is the four-way at full gear between Jericho, Danielson, Castagnoli and Guevara. That was my top match. But close, close second was Logan Paul and Liv Morgan. Okay. All right. Well, you go with that one. I'm, I am going to go Reigns, Logan, Paul. Uh, I, I will. Uh, I, I was uh, teetering on the edge of what you went with, but I, I thought I'm going to go with Logan Paul for the simple fact that Logan Paul is not really a professional wrestler. He delivered above and beyond in that match, and I just think he deserves the credit. So I'm, I'm throwing that in there. He had he had a, at least a four four and a half star match with Roman Reigns. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, Absolutely. so fair play to him on that. Uh, top angle in any promotion, Andy. Oh, now this is tricky. Mm. This this is really tricky. Because again, you, you've got the Bray Wyatt, you've got Damage Control, you've got the Oco, but i got to represent my, my girl, Zoe Stark's Nikita Lyons. <laughs> okay. I hope um, my wife's not listening to this. I am... I am um, <laughs> Judging by how deep this is getting, I'm sticking with Bray Wyatt again. Yeah. Um, I am, uh, again, at Crown Jewel, delivered on that segment. Uh, the, the This whole mystery uh, is is still, it's sucked me completely in. I'm, I'm loving it. Um, so, yeah, I'm going with that. So, top promo vignette. Uh, actually, do you know what? Actually, I'm going to put Bray Wyatt in that because it is more of a promo vignette than an actual um, angle. So, in terms of top angle, I am going for... Uh, I'm, I'm still going for. Um, I'm going to go for the OC and Judgment Day because of the return of Mia Yim has added that, added that little bit of spice to it for me. So I'm going to go the OC and Judgment Day for this week on that one. Yeah. And top promo video, I'm going Bray Wyatt. Okay, so top promo, I am going to go Alexa Bliss, Oscar, Bianca, and Damage Control from Monday Night Raw. How can you not? It's just because it's Bray Wyatt. If it hadn't been Bray Wyatt uh, and the mystery on that still dragging me in, that would have won it hands down. It was so. So, uh, EO and Oscar. Well done. Well done. That, that was brilliant. Right, okay, so top superstar. Any promotion. I was just about to ask you that one. You go first. Yep. Okay. I am gonna go with. Funnily enough, for, for at the moment, I am gonna go with Seth Rollins. Seth freaking Rollins? I'm going with Seth freaking Rollins. Okay. Why? I think Raw, I think he had a great episode on Raw. Uh, He was very much involved. Um, I enjoyed um, the, you know, the the, the last couple of weeks of what he's been doing with building up around, you know, the US title. Um, he, He seems to be, again, finding his form, finding that Seth Rollins that we know is, you know, he's building to bigger things. And I like when we get that side of Seth Rollins. I mean, sometimes you have to question, is he really heel? Is he actually a face? Mm. Is he kind of in between? Kind of what we've said about with Lashley at the moment, is he just pissed off? Um, But whatever Rollins is doing right now at this moment in time, I'm I'm intrigued because I, because when Rollins is like this, 
he's unpredictable. You don't know which side of the coin he's going to end up being on from from one moment to the next. But everyone is eating out of the palm of his hands, and, and I'm one of them at the minute, I have to say. All right. I'm going to go completely left field. Okay. Shayna Baszler. Okay. Now, I never thought I would ever say Shayna Baszler, but I'm liking the new pairing between her and Ronda Rousey on yes. SmackDown. Yes. And I love the fact that they finally have taken Baszler back to this killer that she was, right? And that yes. knee shot to Natalia, that stiff knee that legitimately broke the nose. I mean, whether that was intentional or whether that was not, my God, that was stiff. So... And, and either way, it was a legit break of the nose. We've actually seen a photo yeah. of Natalia in hospital. They've had to break. Uh, they've had to re-break her nose again for Natalia to reset it. So um, we would show a speedy recovery. God damn! Um, wow. But yeah, we'll, we'll wrap that one up. Oh, the top promotion. Um, oh, I'm. I want to say WWE, but. I think with the promos, with like, um, uh, do you know what? I'm going to say for, for this week, I'm going to go AEW. I don't know how you can't say WWE for Crown Jewel in its entirety. I'm trying to be a little bit different. I know, I know. pro WWE everything at the moment. But I don't see how you can't. I mean, WWE, AEW was great, don't get me wrong. And yeah. a lot of it was fantastic. But Crown Jewel, Logan Paul, Alexa, the Bray Wyatt interaction, Liv Morgan, Nikita Lyons... Mia Lim, all of that. Yeah, it's WWE. You, know, you, you swayed me, Andy. You swayed me. Yeah, I, I think. Yeah, I think WWE edges it at least. At least edges it for me. I've just enjoyed some of the set more. Some of the matches have been okay, but it's been more a segment thing that I've enjoyed in AEW um, over the past uh, week or so. But uh, do you know what? Yeah, I think in terms of in-ring action as well as um, vignettes and uh, promos and stuff like that, I think yeah, WWE yeah, does win it. So, so yeah, no, you swayed me on that one. Well, let's see what happens next week when we do top picks, because also next week, uh, Full Gear takes place live on Fight TV next Saturday, the 19th. So next week, we'll be previewing AEW Full Gear. Is the devil going to walk away with the AEW World Championship? I think. Don't say it now. Wait until next week. But I think the answer is pretty obvious. Oh, good. I need time to ponder this one. Um, I have to. But uh, yeah, well, this has been a bumper episode. And before we go, we're going to let you know how you can be a lucky winner and win one of three Steam keys for Main Event Wrestling Manager, the upcoming game. If, if you haven't checked out our interview with James, the lead developer, it is available now. Highly recommend it. It, it goes in-depth with everything you need to know. And you should be, by the end of that episode, just as excited as Andy and I are um, to, to be uh, a part of it as well um we're more of that to come as well um but yeah so by doing so email us okay i mean you can still get in contact with us any other ways with with everything else but specifically so we can keep on top of everything please 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 email us at squared circle podcast 2022 at gmail.com we want to know your dream war games match it can be anyone from any era, uh, any promotion. Throw us your absolute best two War Games team, teams to face off. And Andy and I will pick our winner and we will announce that winner 
on next week's episode and we will then be in contact with the winner to pass them on their Steam key. And then we will have two more uh, to give away, which we will come up with other ways that you can win. So yeah. I think that's uh, that about wraps it up for our bumper episode, Andy. I think it does. What a show it's been. I hope you guys are liking the format. We did have a, we've been debating how to tweak it for quite a while now, but I think this has actually kind of worked. Next week, more Newsline a full gear preview. We're going to be talking about evolution and empower plus top picks, but we're going to go out as always with theme of the week. And what way could we go out then without paying respect and acknowledging our tribal chief, Roman Reigns, Stefan, see you next week, my friend until then guys, see you at the matches. You the twos, we the ones. A little bit of the bubbly. Are you ready? A little bit of the bubbly.